Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. My name is Steve Moylan and today I've got someone from the 2015 Adelaide Festival of Arts. And I'm joined on the line by Julie Atlas-Muse and she is part of uh, one of us Improbable's production Beauty and the Beast which is coming to Adelaide for the 2015 Adelaide Festival of Arts. Um, how are you doing Julie? I'm doing great, how are you? Alright, thank you. We're really looking forward to this one coming to Adelaide. It's very exciting. Oh, we're so excited. We're so excited to be in the theatre festival proper. I just cannot wait to come back to Adelaide. Have you been here before? I have. Matt and I did The Freak and the Showgirl two years ago um, as part of the Adelaide Fringe Festival in their big tent in the garden. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that rings a bell. So I think that did really well, didn't it? Yeah, it did really well. We were in the late night slot. Um, but we still got a whole bunch of people. It's very exciting. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you know Adelaide really well, which is awesome. Yeah, I love Adelaide. It's a, isn't it like the um, serial murder capital of Australia, if I'm not mistaken? It is, but we don't seem to talk about that too much. <laughs> well, I'm born and raised in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, the murder capital of the world, so I feel a kinship to cities like that. <laughs> uh, we're just... We're just really creative with how we dispose of the bodies because we're like the festival state, so we have to be creative in everything we do. Oh. <laughs> um, now, this, this show has kind of taken me a little bit by surprise because I've been looking at all the promotion material in the festival program and it's all very lush rose petals and romantic. And then I see these posts on Facebook with these very, very erotic fruit displays. And um, you've got quite an insane adults-only show coming. Yes, this is definitely a show that's 18 plus. It is not for children. It is not your traditional uh, Disney-fied version of Beauty and the Beast. This is more going back to the original version, the French version, that was actually a tale intended for adults, and a, an adult tale of, of self-acceptance and love. And it's uh, yourself and uh, your partner, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Fraser, involved mm-hmm. in the show. Yes. Uh, with Matt playing the part of the Beast and yourself mm-hmm. as the Beauty. Yeah, that's sometimes um, arguable, but who's playing what? But yes, that's our traditional role as Beauty and Beast. Um, and so how has this show come about? I believe there's been a fair, fair amount of collaboration and creativity involved in putting this together. Um, well, the show started out uh, quite a few years ago when Matt and I were invited to come to uh, several disability festivals around the world. And we did it really as a mom pop style, write it over the internet and then try it out very loosely um, and very experimentally. And every time we did it, we got a standing ovation. And we thought to ourselves, hmm, there's something here. So after about five years, we approached Phelan McDermott from Improbable, and we said, will you please be our director? He's the director of Shockheaded Peter um, and uh, Sachi Graha, as, which is an opera about Gandhi. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's just he's fabulous. He's just fabulous. So the three of us um, got an Arts Council England grant, uh, through Improbable, yeah. and we formed our company, One of Us, and we really are taking this to to, to its newest and uh, most fulfilled uh, incarnation. So I'm very, I'm very, very happy that Balaam helped us really flesh out the entire project and the vision. We have a beautiful set designed by Phil Edels, gorgeous costumes by Kevin Pollard, two puppeteers. So we really is a, it's a grown-up version in every sense of the word. And I was looking at, uh, there was a video that uh, I think was on the One of Us website um, 
that was that was I think taken during the early rehearsal process of the show and just seeing all the paperwork everywhere and kind of just in that time where everything was just starting to come together and it was speaking a lot about the creative process you went through um, involving a lot of improvisation which then turned into the final script of the show. Um, how did some of that sort of stuff come out? Did you sort of know which elements of the Beauty and the Beast story you wanted to explore and uh, create work out of? Well, a lot of it came about through open space technologies, which is a process that Improbable uses quite a bit. It seems very sort of hippy-dippy at first, but ultimately it's an incredibly efficient way to get a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time. How does that work? Well, basically everyone, it, it, it starts out very hippie. Everyone like goes around and tells them how they are in the moment in the day. And then you all write down your sessions. And your sessions are what you want, what's on your mind. And you write them down on a piece of paper. And then you stick all the pieces of paper up on the wall. And then for the morning session, you'll be like, we'll deal with this, 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 and this. And then you put each session in a different corner of the room, right? And mm-hmm. you can either be a worker bee, which means I'm going to leave this session and I'm going to get this done. Or a beautiful butterfly, and you can flit in between listening and giving suggestions. There's the rules of two feet, which means you can come and go as you like, and everyone knows that. So there's, you can't get offended when someone just walks away. It's mm. it's part of the game. It's part of the process and the technology. Another uh, another rule is it begins when it begins, and it's over when it's over which is yeah. something that's really important, I think, in theater when you have, like, a rehearsal for six hours. And maybe mm. maybe it's over in two because you've completed yeah. it. So there's there's just a whole bunch of processes uh, that and rules and guidelines that open space technologies really helps structure highly creative people. And, boy, was it efficient. And then after you're done with the session, you get to put from the to-do list to the you move the actual piece of paper to the done wall. And then you, mm. at the end of the day, you can be like, look at all I did and look at all I have to do. And it really clarifies things in such a liberating way. It, I just use it. For, I even do open space technology with myself. And it's just a way of really getting some material together. And so as you, you sort of brainstorm and you create all this material that then you can whittle down to something that forms the, the structure of the show that you're going to perform. Yeah, and even if it's like the smallest concern that you have, but if it's a concern, you write it down so no matter what your concern is, if it's a small concern or a big concern, you put it on a piece of paper and it becomes a session and it gets dealt with. So everything's out in the open and honest and creative as opposed to destructive. And I just found it to be just, just so wonderful. And um, we should probably mention that some of these background noises are coming through because uh, you're in a you're in a train station and I'm where I thought I was going to be fairly quiet in the foyer of a theatre and it's a little bit loud here today. So apologies everyone for a little bit of background noise, but that's fine. Yeah. It's part of the fun. But isn't it amazing that we can do it in this day and age? I mean, how liberating technology is. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. We're both just talking on mobile phones and I've got cables going everywhere to plug them into voice recorders, <laughs> but I'm totally portable, so I can do this wherever I go. It's great. Hot. Um, Super hot. Now, with the with the work, obviously your your partner um, Matt is a physically disabled gentleman, so uh-huh. he has slightly slightly shorter arms than uh, able-bodied people. Mm-hmm. Um, and no something thumbs. really interesting, no thumbs. No thumbs. Wow. Yeah. Didn't even notice that in the picture. Um, I'm not very observant. And um, one of the really interesting things that I was looking at that I saw in the video that I watched about the show. Um, was the way that you're using the puppeteers, and the puppeteers seem to be manipulating Matt and yourself as well. Mm-hmm. 
how did that come about in the show? Well, we knew that we wanted the puppeteers to, you know, be a magical element of the story. And that is traditional in both the um, old French version and the Walt Disney version. So we knew we wanted to have a couple of invisible, magical elements. And what better way to do it than with puppets and puppeteers? Mm. It, it, just, it just made so much sense. And we knew we wanted to have them. And, and we call them our puppeteer slaves. And they do... Um, have their individual identities, and they're just they're just great to work with. It's just super, super. And there's something yeah, there's something glorious about the the various props and costume elements and all the different little tiny things. I don't know how much has changed since the rehearsal process, but there's a beautiful kind of oldie worldie simplicity stuff coming through that style that's going to really be luscious in the show. I think. Yeah, it has almost a story feel, and it has a very because the set and the and the whole show, in terms of this revisited version, was made in England. It has a very antique, ancient feel to it that we just don't have in the New World, you know. And either in America or Australia, there's just such a history of 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 there's just such a history in England that they have a, a, a blood access to in the land that you know. This is unique and quite beautiful. We were very fortunate to make it with the Art Council England. Very, very fortunate. Yeah, and it's really, it, it looks like it's going to be really, really beautiful. Like, you've got shadow play, you've got puppets, all these luscious costumes set, and that kind of thing. And I think it feels like some of that kind of stuff as well, some of the lusciousness of that is in part, has a kind of burlesque cabaret feel to it as well, which I know is, is where you come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is really, um, well, we can't hide who we are because what Salem did is he took the story of Beauty and the Beast and, the, and uh, to a large extent the version that we did in Disability Arts Festival and then intertwined our true life romance with that story. Mm. And we, we can't not be who we are. I'm a showgirl. No. You know, yeah. I'll dance naked on a gay bar all night long having a blast. And that's just who I am inside and out. I do a wide variety of performance styles, at, you know. In fact, Matt and I are doing a kids' show tomorrow with Imogen oh, Kelly awesome. at the Perth Festival, and we're so looking forward to working with kids. Yeah. Um, but the Who We Are does really come through, and there's a little bit of the vaudeville cabaret flavor comes through, particularly at the beginning of the show. And Matt and I met in Coney Island, so... You know, we got to add that in. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, like, the show seems absolutely fantastic and there's going to be lots of kind of, I don't think, it's certainly don't think it's going to be smutty, the, the show you've created, but certainly some adults-only elements and it's probably probably a good idea for adults just to come and really let go and enjoy Beauty and the Beast when it comes to the 2015 Adelaide Festival. Absolutely. We say, like, you know, if you're going to bring your, your parents, that's fine, but maybe you don't want to sit next to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it definitely is an 18-plus show. There's no question about it. Because it also, you know, it, it, it just deals with self-acceptance in very adult ways. Yeah. And, sex, and self-acceptance and sexuality. And that is for women and for men, for able-bodied and non-disabled people. And um, it's just, it's, it's a grown-up, it's a grown-up grown show. It's grown-up tale, and it's really nice for adults to have something especially for them, too. Absolutely. I mean, certainly the first 20 minutes is all ages, but then 
then things happen. Then things change around a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) We are married after all, Matt and I, so everything that we're doing on stage is 100% legal. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool, it's all good, it's fine. (laughs) All right, looking forward to it, Julie. Thank you so much for your time today. Sorry the interview's kind of been a little bit messy with cutting in and out and things like that. And I apologize Um, uh, uh, for cutting in and out, but it was a real pleasure to speak with you, and I can't wait to come to Adam. Oh, we can't wait to have you back. And I think you just cut out again. Uh, one of us, Beauty and Improbable presents Beauty and the Beast at the 2015 Adelaide Festival of Arts. It's playing the Dunstan Playhouse in the Adelaide Festival Centre from Tuesday the 10th of March through to the 15th of March. Uh, tickets on sale at Bass 131246 and online at adelaidefestival.com.au. Transaction fees apply. Don't miss Beauty and the Beast at the 2015 Adelaide Festival of Arts. For more, visit linkadelaide.com.au. Check us out at facebook.com forward slash linkadelaide or tweet us at linkadelaide.